Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Tower in beautiful Zurich. No, wait a minute. That's the, that's the wrong statement. I'll start again. Balzac Tower. <laughs> all right. It's Sunday. There you go. It's Sunday. And here from Ybor City, where it all began at 1714. What, what, have we started yet? Yeah, we're starting. Okay. Live Sunday <laughs> from 1714 North 7th Avenue in Ybor City, the Chillum CBD Dispensary and Gallery. It's time to jump into the rotation. I love that. See song. that that worked out just fine. Yeah, I love that song. When we do it, like when we're prepared and we do it, things like we're 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 on top of shit. We're always prepared. We just don't look that way. It like looks really good when we do things right. Well, my name is Gary Stein. I'm the political director of Suncoast Normal. This is my deputy director, our deputy director, <laughs> Carlos. I, I love to grind <laughs> but things up. I am your best friend, Gary. Absolutely. And from above the Beltway, Chris Kano. Our, our, our man about D.C. and every place else that needs to be done, who is our executive director of Suncoast Normal. The boss man. And our special guest today from probably one of the, the most premier cannabis clinics in Florida, the Venice Compassionate Care Clinic in Venice, Dr. Barry Gordon. Hey, Barry, how you doing today? Thanks, Gary. You know what? You you make one of the most common mistakes that happens. We are actually the one of the probably the only clinic that has cannabis in our name. It's Compassionate Cannabis Clinic, Compassionate wow. Care Clinic, steal my logo and all that. It's OK. It's all good. But Compassionate <laughs> Cannabis Clinic, listen, proudly so in Venice, Florida, of course. Yeah, I'm proud absolutely. Cleveland Browns fan. Listen, I love the orange background. It matches where I'm at. Um, you know, we got one more baby big game um, in us in us this year. So go Browns. And Barry, I, I understand that your clinic was had the most patients registered at one point. Is that still the truth? Is that still the fact? No, you know, early on, <laughs> early on, we were in that top five um, hit list on the pattern review. Um, and they put out a report every year. They just did it actually a couple weeks ago. Gary. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that or see the report. Um, I'm still well into the top 10 or something like that. It's hard to say because they actually codify the names of the doctors. So earlier on, it was kind of hard to tell who exactly, I think I was a U on one of the reports or something like that. I'm not yeah. sure who I really am now. And I'll be honest with you. I, I really don't want to be an outlier, you know, and listen, as we get into it, you just want to be like about, everybody else. You can't be like everybody else. Yeah. You're, you're better. Listen, people say, why don't you have eight Dr. Barry centers? And, and I like to say, because I like the quality of just having one center that I focus on. And then it allows me to do the legislative thing and come on shows like this and really um, participate in the advocacy community, so to speak. I think if you have too many centers, it's hard to control the quality. And, you know, I think everybody that does the business of cannabis in the state will tell you that the hardest part of it 
is finding doctors that actually care, respect the plant, respect the patients. And you know what I mean? That's kind of my simple hashtag these days. And, you know, we'll get into it as we talk about the learned roach bill, which is interesting. And, you know, as we go towards legal adult use in Florida, to me, it's all about respecting the citizens, respecting the patient and respecting the plant. If you don't respect the plant, um, and educate patients about the plant, all the cannabinoids, all the routes of administration, what modern cannabis is really all about, then I don't, I don't think you're really participating in it from the right side. Okay. Let's just take a step back for a minute. Barry, a lot of folks know that you started out, uh, well, you not started out, but you, you were for many years involved as, as a emergency room doctor. I think you got out just in time because I know a lot of people who are emergency room doctors right now who are having to take mental health breaks over the last, for over the, what they've had to endure over the last two years. And so you got into a different industry. Explain the, the, how you uh, trans, segued from the emergency room to being a cannabis doctor and one of the first ones to be registered in Florida. Yeah, thanks, Gary. You know, yeah, I did 35 years of emergency medicine up in Ohio. I was one of the first um, to do emergency medicine um, as a specialty. When I went into emergency medicine back in 81, and you'll appreciate the story, Gary, because he had one too. My Jewish dad said to me, because I said, Dad, I found this great specialty. It's brand new. It's emergency medicine, you know, and it's perfect for me because I was never a scientist. I was always a communications major. And, you know, listen, when you grow up Jewish in Akron, Ohio, born in 56, you only have three choices in life. You're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or, or you're going to go into your dad's business. You know, <laughs> you took a slightly different route, but still you had to be a professional. But I always remember my dad saying, God damn it, I didn't send you to med school to go to work in some emergency room somewhere. Go get yourself a real job. So I was a pioneer <laughs> back there, back then in emergency medicine. But my point is, in the 35 years that I did emergency medicine, I saw what happened in America and what killed people. It was alcohol, of course, narcotic overdose crisis, you know. Chris and Carlos, you guys will um, be interested in this. I think Gary knows I've told him this. In my first 16 years of my career between 84 and 2000, I think I did six combined narcotic overdoses in those entire 16 years in big city ERs. Because, you know, listen, heroin was around and, and heroin addicts used it, but they didn't overdose on heroin. They knew what they were doing, so to speak, and they may not have been the healthiest of communities, but they weren't overdosing. It wasn't until the pill mill crisis and a lot of it generated from Florida pills that percolated up to Ohio that later on in my career, obviously we're up to, you know, 16 a month, you know, I wouldn't say 16 a day, but you know, the days of people getting on an airplane in Akron, Ohio and flying down to Fort Lauderdale and literally going to four different clinics and getting 200 Percocets at each clinic and then flying up to Ohio and splitting them with the Percocet dealer who paid for the flight and they would do that over and over and gary you know that article that came out of the palm beach post a couple three years ago um chronicled that so i saw the narcotic overdose crisis but in my 35 years i never shoved a tube on anybody's throat um over an overdose of cannabis can't physiologically happen as we all know never took care of a husband and wife pair or any domestic partner pair in more, you know, being uh, more politically correct. Nobody beats up their partner after smoking a joint together. Um, you guys tell me if you've ever seen it. And I never lost a friend to cannabis or a, a friend's kid to cannabis. I've lost them. alcohol, drugs, women, gambling, tobacco, depression, suicide, gun violence, and everything else. And you know what I mean? You know, it's interesting, Barry. Is right. that me? 
me and Kano uh, actually met each other at a marijuana school. I don't know if you know this, um, but we were both em- employed in like a, a marijuana school and it was in Temple Terrace. There was a bunch of different locations and whatnot, but the one I'm speaking of specifically is in Temple Terrace. And uh, Gary is very familiar with medical marijuana Tampa. He's, he's one of our biggest supporters. But um, <laughs> uh, medical marijuana Tampa was a school, and Canada taught history. I taught business, and I taught some cultivation and whatnot. And uh, it was right next door to a pill mill, right? So, like, we'd be hanging out outside, just kind of hanging out, and like these junkies would like i don't know if that's the right thing to say junkies or whatnot but like these these patients of the pill mill i guess you would say uh would come up to us every single day and say you know what i'm so happy you guys are doing this and like we're just like selling classes on how to grow marijuana you know selling classes on the history of cannabis and things like that and they're like you know i hate coming here every day i hate it but i got to you know and I was always concerned why there was you had to have, put in a number to get through the keypad on the door, and the only thing they had in there they were growing was peppers. <laughs> no, I mean, literally, I, I and I blame the doctors at the time for being complicit in the conspiracy and the death. I mean, people would die literally in the parking lot on on Thursday. They'd have to close down on Friday, and then they'd be open again on Monday, peddling the same shit. You know, yeah, and that was terrible. And and we should never be drawn into that pill mill. You know, analogy. Yeah. Listen, there's, it, 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 we still are. You know, we still yeah. have to fight that all the time. We really like. We don't understand. Like, this is a, a touchy subject for me. I like. I mean, I, I haven't really spoken much about uh, what's happened to uh, friends of mine in the past year or so. But my, you know, my business partners are come to uh, to uh, uh, addiction again. He, he, you know, he relapsed and I also had a, you know, a girlfriend that died last, uh, the beginning of 2020, um, you know, and her specific situation was uh, she, she would self-medicate, right? It wasn't necessarily that she was like doing pills recreationally. She was buying Percocet off of the black market because her back hurt, right? And she got some fentanyl. And what happened was she died. So, uh, you know, I've, I've had a, a quite, Listen, quite a few one... issues with that shit for the past couple Carlos, of years. I'm so sorry. I, I did no, not. No, no, that's okay. That. No, no, it's not okay. No, it's not okay. And, yeah. I, and I say this to you. There are one pill overdoses out there, okay, literally, that were mm-hmm. not around when I was doing emergency medicine. That's my point. Yeah. We have to look at 2020. We have to look at 2021 as 2021. That's why I'm happy, ready, willing, and able to go up to Tallahassee and fight the battle, not just for the medical side, which is what we have now, but as we move towards legal adult use. It's a plant, it's appropriate. Um, we're mm-hmm. wired for it. We have an endocannabinoid system. Um, no one's ever overwhelmed by it to catastrophic consequence. And I'm so sorry for your losses, and I mean no, it. It's not okay. There's not anybody in your generation that hasn't lost, and 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 I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry. It's terrible. Yeah, you know, it it it, it happens. You know, I, I I admit I experimented with drugs when I was younger. Um, you know, it's been over a decade now since I've actually touched anything but cannabis. Um, you know, but uh, the it still is a big part of our society. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a graduate school you know i I graduated from business school you know what i mean like i i shouldn't have to deal with those types of situations but it's just so ingrained in our society 
you know that and, and you really are you are hitting the nail on the head there it, it really is because of the pharmaceutical companies it's not because <laughs> of anything happening on the legacy market it's because of corporations that are profiting off of this and and I, that's why i'm so I, i'm also happy that you you kind of made the segue already that i kind of screwed up with my little rant and rave here but <laughs> uh you know the it, it, I, i'm eager to talk to you very about uh uh the this new house bill that's going out uh and you mentioned it before but like legalization of cannabis really i see that as the first step the first step of getting rid of this epidemic right and you know and, and i i i look at this house bill right and a lot of people are saying that there's like some major baby steps going forward right or major steps forward for the medical marijuana industry and i want to propose a question to all three of you reading it kind of going over it i see maybe like a couple of things that are, are good for doctors where like there's telemedicine right um, you know, there's a little bit more doctor education involved. I don't know if that's like, I could see how a doctor could consider that a bad thing. I could see how a doctor consider that a good thing, but I really don't see how it's advantageous to patients. And I really don't see how it's like advantageous to, to, to legalizing. And, um, you know, that 10, per, you know, it's just kind of saying, we're not going to take steps back. That's really what I see that see it saying. We're not going to do a ten percent cap. Now, actually, no, we're not going to say it's not not that step back, but <laughs> the actual course going back to to the six or eight hour course is actually is a step backwards because we had that at the very beginning and they segued it into just a uh, rules and regulations course that was <laughs> it was uh, two hours long. I think that would be a step in the right direction because, I mean. Barry obviously is very, very educated on, on the drug, yeah. but everybody else who's coming in there who may have been an, anything from an yeah. anesthesiologist to a periodontist. And I actually here. want to say something before and, and totally give Barry the floor here to comment on this, this, this physician education stuff. But I could see how it would be a good thing, though, because, I mean, Kano, Gary, you guys are talking about how the dispensary doesn't know about cannabis and how the dispensary doesn't know how the patients, you know, uh, should use cannabis and that the only form of knowledge I see there is a doctor and if the doctor is poorly educated. I don't think a seven hour course is going to educate them enough, by the way, but you know, um, there's no continuing education courses. This isn't taught in medical school. People like Barry had to learn on his own, you know? So, um, I, I, I could see still, how a little still, bit of extra education learning. can be good, you know? But you know, I'm sorry, still, Barry, please still, go ahead. No, it's all good. Listen, still learning. Happy to speak to it. So just to just to give everybody some background, we there's a group of doctors that meets literally every other Wednesday, and we have for a number of months. And I want to give a big shout out to Charles Felix and Eric Stevens, who have been helping and coordinating on that. And, you know, we actually have a name for it kind of informally, Florida, you know, Florida Medical Marijuana Physicians, um, you know, group. And, you know, listen, there was a hole when AMPA went away, you know. So that's a whole other show. But um, we've been meeting because we've learned that if you don't stand up and protect and work within the system to the best that you can, then you really don't have any voice at all. And we've never had a seat on the Board of Medicine, you know, um, at any level or the OMU doesn't have a council of doctors or any of that. So we we've really demanded a seat at the table just by consistent pressure and involvement. So Representative Learned has actually met with the group. Um, and we met with him individually as well. And 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 Gary, I chased him down uh, when I was up in Tallahassee last week after the news conference. He was walking to get his suit tailored at Nick's 
Nick's tailoring. I think it's $5,000 a suit and up or something there. I don't know. Do it for my point. But he's wonderfully dressed. But anyway, but Lerna's been meeting with us. So just from that education standpoint, guys, I'll just make this comment. The doctors in general that do this right right now are sick and tired of, the, of those that don't. And if you go to a doctor for your cannabis card, no matter what price you're paying, and you're not getting some education about, and I say it's three things, okay? If you've never used cannabis in the past, and you're what we call a doobie one in my practice, never done, and, and the doctor doesn't mention the endocannabinoid system, <laughs> the endocannabinoid system and what it does and THC that's first and then THC and CBD and all of the other cannabinoids, right? Not just THC itself, but what we call the duality. That is, that is T and listen, Jeff block last week, guys, I want to give you guys a major shout out because I listened to the whole show. Dr. Block last week, and I know he's going to come on again, he told me in a week or so. I mean, he did a great deep dive last week, guys, and all the cannabinoids, and it was awesome. But my point is, if your cannabis doctor doesn't at least mention, okay, that THC and all the other cannabinoids, right, and not just CBD, but CBC, CBG, CBN, right? And then the third thing is, if, if that doctor doesn't mention, okay, that, that there are multiple routes of administration, that it's vaporization or the smoking of cannabis, the inhalation techniques, the sublingual tinctures, the edibles, the patches, the, the creams, the suppositories, God forbid for you know prostate cancer or horrible Crohn's or whatever. But if you don't get at least that bare minimum out of your doctor visit, then, then, you, then there's disrespect to the patient as far as I'm concerned, quite frankly. And once again, no matter what price you pay, and my message is you typically get what you pay for, okay? But, but you're not getting the education that should be delivered in every visit, okay? And it's not only a disrespect to the patient, but it's a disrespect to the plant, okay, that we know can be a miracle medicinally for patients that come in that really do need it, okay, as medicine. To those patients that are coming in as what we call doobie threes, or those that are um, legal adult users of cannabis already, excuse me, illegal, unfortunately, still. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I, let's call it presumptive because it eventually will be legal. I think, it, you know, I'm a patient leg- now, but I used to be a doobie three. Coming in <laughs> off the legacy market itself, guys, coming in off the legacy market itself, guys, is the right thing to do now because there's literally a social anxiety disorder about the illegality of it. And in 2021, every knowledgeable, educated, commonsensical person knows that cannabis is a better substance than alcohol, Ativan, Xanax. Listen, if they take the healthcare worker, and, and let's get back, I think, Gary, you mentioned it earlier. Let's get back to the healthcare worker. The healthcare worker is smarter than the average bear already, okay? They're using cannabis, okay, to get through COVID, okay? Um, nobody should be using too much alcohol, Ativan, Xanax, Ambien to sleep, okay? And this is what's really going to piss me off, okay? Is after COVID time when they start putting some of these healthcare workers on Prozac and Lexapro and all this stuff because they seemingly have anxiety or depression because they've held way too many hands of people have been dying needlessly through COVID. And you know we could do another whole show on vaccinations and all that. And I'm a believer in them. But my my point is the healthcare worker needs safe access to cannabis. They can't have the anxiety, okay, of 
um, of their job security and their licensure security. And that's what's important, guys, about legal adult use as we go forward. The legalization of cannabis in your state means nothing if you don't have the appropriate job and licensure protections to go along with it, right? Which is why I'm willing to work along within the system right now because we have a long way to go in Florida that even as things go forward, we know it needs to get done right with expungement, of course, and you know, rights and protections and Gary, your bill, of course, protecting people on the transplant and healthcare side is a great start, but we all know we need baby steps here. But just getting back to the educational side of it, the doctors in the state that do this appropriately, we don't want them just hiring people off the street and having them take a two hour course and the doctor doesn't even know anything about the endocannabinoid system. And you know what? Some of the people that hire these doctors don't demand that their doctors even care, quite frankly. And that pisses us off, the ones that are out there doing it appropriately. So that, that's my soapbox on that one. Everybody should get the um, appropriate education. Oh, my point is, and listen, here's the doobie three. The doobie three needs the right orders. Okay, and let's talk about the rolling flower recommendation. Everybody, as long as we're on very topical starting tomorrow topics. <laughs> is, that, is, is everybody heard and seen that there's a new OMU policy where- It's a new policy, but it's an old policy stuff. because this yeah. is the way it was supposed to work originally. They just, just kind of like fixed it. We don't know what it is. It's always the, been, as we know, it's 2. like 5. less like the roll around is 35 days now or something like that. It's always been 2.5 ounces every 35 days, but you're, you weren't supposed to allow to be able to possess more than four ounces, ounces yes. at any one time, which is of oh. course completely, they're not able to legislate that a lot of people, and especially now with the sales and the discounts and, and people find a specific cultivar. Here's the thing that is that I do dabs, so I don't have to worry about this <laughs> this small amount of flour. I My THC is going to stay strong. <laughs> it's so, such stupid so policies, Barry. Like, it's just it is so, stupid policies. It's so dumb. So my, so my point is moving towards legal adult use. I just want to get this in at the top, and then I'll go into the Learned Roach Bill point by point. The bipartisan nature of it, everybody, I'll be honest with you, is what I do like about the effort. Um, Chris and, and and Carlos, believe me, uh, you guys know, and I was the doctor in the Joe Redner, right to grow your own cannabis case, you know, um, case in the state of Florida, Dustin Sulak, they brought in from Maine. I was so raw at that time, I knew nothing, but I was he, absolutely ready, willing and able to stand up, okay, for Joe's right to grow his own cannabis. And I stand up for that right today. However, did you I get do, that job? <laughs> how did i get it through you here i believe hey, here's, here's <laughs> my thing about the bipartisan thing is that the republican representative is roach who's always been just against what we're doing and i don't know what it is i i remember seeing some some something where it's like you know what 10 percent caps may be a thing of the past maybe it's time to jump on the the band politically I I think I think this guy being the the Republican representative is proof that this bill is not really going to do anything for us. I mean, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? What did, what, what did, listen, Gary, you you and I, I don't know if you other I don't know if Carlos and Chris, if you saw the first draft, I know, Gary, you did. And the first draft, and this is important, everybody, the first draft came and from a lot of sources, not just the doctors. And Gary, thank you so much wow. for what you do. And I mean it. I mean it. And I hope your bills get a sniff out of committees. 
you know, the, the visitor bill, okay, the, the hospital protection bill, every bit of it, every everything that you do is so valuable, and I mean it. The doctors, we had our agenda, okay, and every one of those agenda points was in the first draft of the Learned Roach Bill. They were all taken out. Job protections, if you uh, read that first draft, was number one, number yep. one in the bill. There was a veterans card um, and, and, and a pediatric card. There, there were added qualifying conditions. And there were like four or five of them. It was so stupid, but at least they were mentioned. Remember, Gary, there were like five or seven states that got some reciprocity in there. Yeah. My point is all that stuff got all that stuff got stripped out because it's not going to happen. And listen, let's go there because I'm happy to go there. The reason that this bill is being proposed is because of what they want to do on the hemp side. And, and, and I'm not betraying any confidences. This was an open meeting when I was in Tallahassee. Um, we sat down with Rep Representative Mazzullo, who was principal, of course, in, in bringing you know, the hemp bill last year. Dr. Mazzullo, the only remaining doctor in the House of Representatives. And he's met with us too, the doctor group on Wednesday nights. His disappointment, quite frankly, in the, in the direction um, of the hemp space, so to speak, um, was profound. I could see it on his face. He discussed it. And it stems from the unregulated, okay, nature of the hemp derivatives that are now being sold. And, you know, Carlos, I'm going to stand right up and say it. You have every right to make a living in Chillum. You know I love Chillum. I've been to Chillum. And next time I'm in Ebor, I'll come to Chillum again. And, I, and, I, and I'm not going to put words into your mouth, but what they want is your product that you're selling in your store to be safe and appropriately labeled and state tested. And, you know, we sat down with Holly Bell for breakfast, not this past tally visit, the first tally visit, and she described what she wants, and, and many people heard it, so I know I can speak to it. They, they want a state level regulatory safe in Florida or Florida fresh or however they want to label it. That's going to make the wholesaler that's selling your product to you, make sure that, that they're selling you what they are. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and listen to whatever level of added expense that puts in and regulation that puts in is just a fact of where we're at in Florida right now. And that's kind of how I speak to the bipartisan nature of it. Just getting back to it, if we can get telehealth back for recertification patients, not for new patients, just for research, and I'll, I'll speak to why that is too, and why the doctors don't mind that. There's groups advertising, guys, all the way through COVID well, zone that sure. they hang on, that they'll do new patient visits via telehealth. And anybody that's listening right now to this you know, mm -hmm. show that has been put into the registry for their first visit, via telehealth and has never seen a doctor physically, okay, is not in the registry legally or inappropriately. And I, I don't care about the doctors and the groups that are doing that. I mean, they have their own issues and problems. I worry about the patients, quite frankly, and I, and, and I fear that, that, that there, there are many patients. I won't put a number on it. And I know because I've gotten these patients from these practices that have put patients in illegally. So, you know, many people want new patients, you know, via telehealth for expense reasons and convenience reasons. I just fear that 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 right now in this market, there will be way too many people taking advantage of it because people are taking advantage of it already. 
But if we can get telehealth back, that'd be great. The other thing, guys, that is in the Learned Roach thing for patients, cards go to two years, and um, the visits go to 240 days. From yeah, eight months instead of seven, yeah. Okay. It goes to, hang on, one more thing. It goes okay. to 240 days in between doctor visits. Why is that important? And this was explained to me because I didn't get it until it was explained to me. It aligns three doctor visits in every two-year period of time, Okay. But things that the doctors wanted, veterans cards for free, pediatric card for free, multiple caregiver status, home grow, of course. Those things are only going to come, and then I'll get off my soapbox. These things are only going to come in a bipartisan way as we go as we go forward. It's the only way that can happen. And do I trust Representative Roach? 100%? Of course not. That's why we're involved. That's why I'm going to stay involved. That's why I'm going to make sure that we're up there every step of the way. Listen, what we're concerned about right now, everybody, is a dose cap limit coming down from the OMU. That's not a legislative thing, okay? That's a rules-making thing, an emergency rules-making thing. Anybody that's in the program that gets the 400 milligrams a day in inhalation that we typically order in my practice, if the OMU would automatically say that, no, you can only do 200 milligrams of inhalation a day, Everybody needs to know that the form to ask for an exemption has never been produced to the doctors. So there's so many things, so many holes that exist in the system that we're just trying to kind of keep things together the best that we can and move forward in the political environment in which we exist. And, you know, that's my soapbox. That's why I like the bipartisanship of it. My state senator, Joe Gruters, is supporting it as a co-sponsor on the Senate side with uh, Chevron Jones on the Democratic side. And I did speak to Joe about it and sent him the bill. So I'm not going to call myself kingmaker on it, but I'm not going to say I didn't have anything to do with it at all. So anyway, that's my feelings on the bipartisan side. Yeah, Chris, did you want to weigh in on, on the bipartisanship in the, at the federal level in regards to whether or not those bills are moving forward faster than the ones that are coming strictly from the Dems or strictly from the, the GOP? Well, you know, one of the, the biggest pieces of bipartisan legislation uh, that came out that's been introduced this week is, um, you know, Representative David Joyce of Ohio and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York have introduced legislation to incentivize state and local governments to expunge criminal records of those who have been previously convicted of marijuana offenses. Uh, this bill is called the Harnessing Opportunities by Pursuing Expungement, or the HOPE Act. And it seeks to appropriate $20 million to the U.S. Attorney General for the purpose of financially assisting states and local governments with the process of reviewing and expunging cannabis convictions. So, you know, the bipartisan effort, you know, represents that growing consensus that, you know, marijuana policies have to be reformed in a manner that address the harms inflicted by prohibition. And I look forward to seeing that. Now, also, when we mentioned bipartisan, we have uh, dueling legalization bills for the first time in history in U.S. Congress. You have a Republican uh, representative uh, from South Carolina uh, pushing a legalization bill. You have the Moore Act, which is sponsored by Democrats. You also have Democrats in the Senate pushing uh, the Cannabis Opportunity uh, Administration Opportunity uh, Act. So there, there's a, a lot of different bills moving around. But I can tell you one thing that's not working on a bipartisan manner is the SAFE Act. 
uh, that's the act that would allow a banking language, which was supposed to be and was included in the House rep uh, of Representatives version of the um, uh, National Defense and Authorization Act, the NDAA, and um, the, the Senate uh, essentially in a bipartisan manner <laughs> killed it. Uh, so it's not the Senate version. Uh, we will not see safe banking and, and, uh, and legal cannabis business banking happening this year. Uh, and that is very disappointing. Now, yeah, I was really point. sorry to see that. Yeah, I was sorry to see that. And on the veteran side too, Chris, you know, there have been some defeats too um, with the veterans research side and, and stuff like that. Really disappointed in all of that. Um, Representative Mace's bill, you know, coming out in the, in the House, you know, to me, the most important part of it is that it calls for de-scheduling, de-scheduling. And Listen, I think we have to start somewhere at the federal level. And, and, and if, you know, we, we can't let them settle for rescheduling and a compromise um, and have it popped into two or three, that's a setback for everybody. So I love that part of the MACE bill. It doesn't give a lot of the social equity side a little bit of the expungements, but not nearly what I know the Democrats want. But I encourage everybody to accept the descheduling aspect of it um and and go from there to me that's you know as my good friend dr mike mckenzie says when there's a multiple trauma the first step is the airway and the abcs to me that's de scheduling at the federal level the sooner that happens the better for everybody and everything yeah um dr barry if if we could take a second look there's one thing that we have not talked about in um hb 679 that's the learned roach bill around you know uh cannabis regulation and and this is the sticker of me this is why i have an issue with the bill i'm not in support of the bill currently and that is the medical marijuana testing advisory council so could you speak a little bit more about that and, and how you feel about that uh, uh yeah it's interesting so right so the testing advisory council is a council that's set up from different appointments from different people i saw nikki freed gets two and the governor gets multiple and you know various people no doctor necessarily though was called to be appointed specifically just on the other side, um, we do get a member on the pattern review board um, at the Board of Medicine level, which we never had a seat on. So the testing council is interesting, Chris, because I'm not sure exactly what it is that they're focused on, be it the testing of the products in the testing lab world with appropriate labeling of the terpenes and of course, you know, listen, I know there's been kicking around on Facebook the past couple of days. Gary, I know you commented on it. The mold, you know, that may be coming um, out of some of the dispensaries. Pictures to me are hard to know what's really going on, you know, to that extent. But so the testing is interesting. But I know I think what you're referring to, Chris, is what they're going to comment on as far as the testing in the workplace and, and the testing at the driving level and stuff like that. And I'll be honest with you, um, it's interesting. That panel is non-paid, and you don't even get payment for a DM or for travel or any of that. So I have the same deal. Interesting. <laughs> I got it. I, I am really confused. But I think, yeah. I think I'm what still is, volunteer to be on it just because this? of that aspect of wanting to be involved in that conversation of what roadside testing is going to look like, what any kind of – see, because to me, what we need logically is an impairment scale. A universal impairment scale 
for alcohol, for drugs, for cannabis. Because in general, any universal impairment scale, cannabis user, and listen, nobody should be having a cloud of smoke pouring out of their car, driving when you get stopped by a officer, you know, or God forbid, Patty and I had a horrible auto accident on Sunday and, you know, we weren't, you know, using cannabis at the time. But, but the point is, um, we did have cannabis products in the car because we had just stopped at the dispensary. And guys, you'll be really happy to know that uh, they were um, in the packaging from the dispensary because we had just been there. And I did have one ounce of angst in my, in, my, in, my, in, in my craw because of having cannabis products in the car. The other guy had turned into Patty and I, so he was going to be cited. It wasn't our fault. But even if it's not your fault that you get stopped for a headlight or whatever, that's why I encourage everybody for Christmas, okay? Get your card. And and listen, we can talk that all day where we're going with legal adult use. I will pledge to everybody who's watching today as a doctor, my goal is to bring legal adult use to Florida in the fastest and safest and most educated way that I can. Um, you know, I, I think that's why I've always been able to come into the rotation and speak to the doctor issues. I'll tell you what pisses me off, guys. And, and, and this is an entire another subject, and I can't wait for you, Carlos, to weigh in on it. Delta 8 products are Delta 8. They're not Delta 9. And as I explained it to patients, and I had to start this conversation, guys, with my patients over the past year because they get confused now. Because they'll see big THC signs pretty much everywhere, and they won't exactly know what it is. And and even my 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 do before patients that have used cannabis every day of their lives for the last forty or fifty years, they don't know what Delta Eight is because they haven't had to. Delta Nine THC has always been their friend. It was their friend when it was a six or a seven percent product in flower. It's a friend now when it's 23, 24%. It was a friend when you had to take the sticks and the seeds out, roll it down the tray. And it's a friend now when if you find a seed, you're thrilled. Okay. <laughs> but THC, Delta 9 is everybody's friend. Delta 8 THC, as I explained to my patients now, and 10 and 6 and others, but 8 is the most common that everybody sees now. It's a key that fits into the lock but it doesn't turn to open the door the same way that Delta 9 is. And my point is we don't really have the research yet on Delta 8 to actually know exactly what it does do. Thank God it's never going to turn off anybody's respiratory system. Thank God it's not spice. Gary, I don't know if you saw the poison control alert. Oh, yeah. It's not spice. It's causing bleeding. And they're calling it a cannabinoid too, which really pisses me off. Okay, <laughs> But anyway, but anyway. But, but Delta 8 is Delta 8. It's not 9. Doctor offices, okay, that sell Delta 8 products to patients new into the medical cannabis program as a means of increasing their bottom line, to me, are disrespecting the patient and the plant. In my humble opinion, I think if you're a new patient to cannabis, okay, I, I don't think or a new person using cannabis. I don't know, to me, Delta 8 products are not where I want to start my medical patient. And Carlos, I know you have every day people coming in that have not had access to good, clean Delta 9 product. I got it. And they're going to buy a Delta 8 product and you're chilling. And, 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 that's, and you're every right to do it. And I respect your right to do it. But I know you want to have quality product in your store. But my point is for a doctor office, 
to start a patient who's never had a cannabis experience before. In Florida, if it's five days or 10 days, you have to wait for your card and the stuff for the OMU. If you want to start them on a high-quality CBD product, and I don't have any problem with that necessarily, but I do have a problem with Delta-8 being your first entry into cannabis. I, I just I, I don't think that's respecting the patient or the plant. So, We're trying to develop some kind I, of consumer confidence behind Delta-8. I don't have that right now because I don't know if people are making it in their basement in non-sterile conditions. I have, you know, I used, to, I used to work for, for Park Davis many years ago. I know how clean those rooms are when they make the medicine. But here, if you're using this as medicine and it's being made in somebody's bathroom or basement or something of that sort, or people who use too much acid to go ahead and acidify the plant to bring out more Delta-8, who are, who are not using laboratory standards, is this going to be a step here, forward here? Here, okay. So, so here is my soapbox. Uh, I I'm going to get on my soapbox for a little bit here. Um, I so, felt this, this toe tapping. I knew this was going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> he sees me fidgeting in my chair. So, I want to start off by saying, Doctor Gordon, you are absolutely right. I I 100% agree with you. I don't think Delta Eight should be anybody's first advent into cannabis. Unfortunately, I think the way that our legal system is set up, um, it's just the right way for a lot of people to go. Um, now, um, I'm going to go off on a few topics here. First off, right, uh, let's talk about the, the, the uh, safety of Delta-8. Again, you're absolutely right. I feel that it's very important, right, um, for for us as reasonable, logical adults not to dismiss criticism, right? I think it's very important to learn from criticism. I think it's very important to grow because of criticism. So uh, the key to the receptor system that's very insightful, oh, Dr. Gordon, you're absolutely right. I think everybody's first jump into cannabis should be Delta 9 THC. Uh, I think it's important that the reason why the four of us are here is because Delta 9 TAC is prohibited, right? That's the main reason why all of us are here, right? Um, we may be going different ways on how to approach legalization or this system or whatever loopholes or whatever's happening. We might be going different approaches, but that's why we're here. We want weed to be legal, right? And I am in no way going to say hey, that Delta 8 takes precedence precedence over delta nine as a matter of fact i sell delta eight right now because i can't sell delta nine and it's simple now as far as the house bill is concerned right i think this shouldn't be prohibited i think pro probably the reason why we're in the situation we're in right now is because delta nine is prohibited i think prohibiting delta eight is actually going to cause people to go and try kratom to go and try spice, to go and try K2. And I can guarantee you that Delta A THC, Delta 10 THC, THCO, and even THCP is going to be much safer for you than Kratom, Spice, or K2, right? Um, now, that, Kratom, now that Kratom is whole, not adulterated, though, when it's sold, right? It's just dried. I, I don't know what – I'm not going to get into Kratom right now. I'm, I'm on okay. my rant, Gary. So on House Bill, on the House Bill, right? Um, I think the way that it this house bill approaches hemp is very irresponsible. Um, I, I really do. And I, I, I think prohibiting hemp in any way 
um, would be very, very bad. And I think it's cap- this House bill is capable of doing that. Now, if I could get a guarantee from our government that Nikki Fried and Holly Bell would remain the head of the Department <laughs> of Agriculture and this part of the system, right, um, for the rest of my tenure in the hemp industry in Florida, right, I would be all for this bill. I really would. But unfortunately, I don't think Holly Bell and Nikki Fried are going to be the head of the Department of Agriculture much longer. As a matter of fact, I, pr- I pretty much promise you that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think there's a pretty good chance that we're going to get some conservative people in there. And the way that this register your pr- product with the Department of Agriculture with no guidelines on what a, a safe product is right in this bill is going to be horrible. I think it, as soon as we get new people in there, CBDs is going to be the only thing that's going to be allowed. Delta Eight is going to be restricted, and all of these other products are going to are going to be restricted too. And then medical marijuana is also going to be restricted still, and people are going to go to kratom and K two. And I think we really need to look at this from a real logical standpoint here, um, and and really not just think about what's litigious, what's safe. You know, if 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 I can't say that, you know. I, I, it's it's really important to just say that, uh, you know, just because the product can potentially not be safe doesn't mean that it's it's reason for it to be prohibited. I think that's a reason for it to be regulated. I think that, should, you know, more clear guidelines on that should be in this House bill. But I think we're giving up hemp, right, for... for uh, really not much on the medical marijuana front. We're, we're taking a baby step forward when it comes to, to marijuana and five steps backwards when it comes to everything else. And I don't, I, I really don't, I can't, I'm going to stand with Kano here. And the idea, I wasn't aware that you could be fucking tested on the side of the road soon for marijuana. Like that's fucking ridiculous to me, man. Like there's no way I can get behind something like that. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're working on swabbing your your, your mouth to see if there's any resident, residue of THC as opposed to taking a blood a blood test. Yeah, if there were guidelines, and and let me let me also put in place too that the hemp industry is already being regulated in Florida. My Delta really? A products are actually already being regulated. Uh, the Department of Agriculture has come and tested my products and checked out my products, taking products away that could potentially be harmful, right? And 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 made sure everything was safe. You know, I don't think that there's a reason why we need to put an extra layer of control on this. I think, uh, you know, I think it's important for us to st- to to acknowledge, like, hey, this could be done wrong. But medical marijuana can be done wrong. As a matter of fact, it's being done already in, wrong already in Florida. I think we should focus on those things. I should think we should focus on how to regulate this industry a little better. Wow. The MMTC is opening up this business, legalizing Delta 9 instead of focusing on hemp. Who cares? <laughs> now, there are MSOs, especially the ones that are involved in California, who actually not only produce Delta 9 products, but also have Delta 8 products. Nug, if you're at all familiar with them, over in California, the, the CEO was one of the first lab owners in, in California. And uh, basically, they have a very high-quality Delta 8 product, but they have horizontal integration out there. So he could just be a brand and go into various stores and not a matter of you know being – Segre- uh, segregated into the practice itself. Yeah. But we don't want to see, I don't think, Delta 8 products being usurped by the MMTCs and only sold by the MMTCs. Yeah, and I and, and let me bear, bear in mind too, uh, uh, guys, I, I've taught, I've, I've heard how these lawmakers 
plan, uh, say that they plan on implementing this towards the hemp industry. And really, it, it seems like paradise. 21 and up, gas station doesn't sell it, right? Uh, it honestly seems like the manufacturer is going to have to register their products. It really seems like a lot of the issues are not going to lie on the retail stores. It really does not seem that way at all. But I just... I. <laughs> Go ahead, Gary. Barry, you're mute. You're on mute. Gary, I think you muted your mic, Doctor Gordon. Right. You want to unmute I got it. Me. I got it. I, I didn't want to mute it because no. Listen, I wanted to listen to everything you guys were saying. It's important, and 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 I don't think the intention of the state right now, even the Roaches, Representative Roaches of the world. If you read the bill, the only thing that's restricted necessarily is the selling of Delta Eight right now to those under 21 years old. Right. Yeah, but right. it also requires the registration of these products with the department. So what that which says means to testing me, and COAs. But that also you know that also I, says I can't, to me that they're not going to allow that. anything stronger than marijuana, right? They're only going to allow edibles to be ten milligrams and up, like things like that. Like I I believe this is going to be regulated, like the mer the the shitty regulations that we have on our medical marijuana industry. I, it really seems like that. It really seems like that's how it's going to be capable. There's nothing restricting that. There's nothing See, saying, ironically, like, how is the hemp industry safe? I, I got it. I, every bit of it. And, and I'm frustrated as you are that we live in Florida and we have the leadership that we do. And listen, elections matter. And that's why I, I do support Nikki Freed. And everybody knows that, at least everybody that follows me, you know, and I'll continue to um, because elections do matter. But I say it's almost impossible to think about flipping the legislature in Florida right to being um blue it just by gerrymandering and everything that's why i fully support regulate florida's effort and you know any other effort to try to listen home grow is only going to come to florida everybody in my humble opinion via constitutional amendment and i want my patients to be able to grow their own cannabis and i've stood up for that right from the day i opened my practice and i'll continue to if you think the legislature is going to give us that, guys, okay, we, we can bang our heads against the, uh, against the wall until we bleed, okay? And that's why I say that within the system that we have now, I'm going to use whatever power that I have of my practice and my experience and just having an MD behind my name. Listen, doctors only listen to other doctors. So I do have a chance of teaching other doctors about why it's a vital thing that everybody understands what medical cannabis can do. Politicians really don't listen to very much of anybody, but I have some degree of a shot with them. And patients do listen to doctors. And that's why I get angry when doctors don't respect their practice enough to get involved, okay? And for any doctors that may be watching today that don't come to our Wednesday night meetings, okay? I know you get the notices. Charles sends them out to every doctor in the state. Let me get um, to a couple other things in the Learned Roach Bill, guys. And so my point is baby steps in Florida. And I just accept, listen, I want job protections. I, and I, I want state-by-state -state reciprocity. And, and, I, and I want multiple caregiver status so we can use it. And I know medical's messed up in a lot of ways, guys. But we're so lucky that we have it voted on by us back in 2016. If we wouldn't have voted on it back in 2016, We'd be Alabama or Louisiana right now, and we'd have nothing. And and Chris, of course, that's why you have to be, you know, selling Delta Eight and other products in your store. I wish you could sell Delta Nine. You deserve to sell Delta Nine products in your store. But my point is, I want you to be able to sell inhalable 
Delta 9 products because edibles to me are not the way that I want newbies coming into the cannabis world. I want newbies coming into the cannabis world with other routes that work a little bit more rapidly and titratably and stuff like that. So there's so many issues that are important, you know, and I want to make sure that I'm in Representative Roach's ear. Listen, guys, I am proud to say that I spoke to him for 10 minutes before the news conference. I gave him a pin. He pulled out my pin at the end of the news conference and he said he's not quite ready to put it on. But what he was ready to do was give me a cell phone on the back of his card. He's coming into my clinic for a visit, okay, which he will do. Senator Gruters has been into my office. Representative Buchanan has been into my office. And I do that not only for medical. I do that so they can see what cannabis is all about and how it can be an educated, appropriate answer as a substance, okay, of use, not abuse or misuse. Listen, if you want to watch something horrifying, look up the other Dr. Barry in the business, okay? There's a Dr. James Barry, okay, who heads the West Virginia somehow medical cannabis council gary have you opted into this guy yet he no, is not a, yet. he's an addiction psychiatrist god forbid an addiction psychiatrist heading the the west virginia panel okay hopefully uh, he knows the difference between addiction and habituation oh it is a horrifying hour and 10 minutes okay of his presentation okay so in a lot of ways what we have in florida is what we have we're going to keep our, but anyway, they're so fearful of cannabis from so many different angles. But what I see in my practice every day is literally miraculous for my patients who want to use less pharma. And I'm going to continue to be, you know, um, the trumpet to that extent, but also towards appropriate legal adult use with job protections and expungements and, um, and participation of Legacy. Listen, what are the worst going on right now, guys? And this is also in the Learned Roach Bill. The MMTCs that don't pick up the ball and run with their license, you know, they work that back in. They work that back in, which is a good thing, I think, for the patients. They also, on the other hand, raise the course, the non refundable application fee to, I think, $136,000 or $146,000, right? Barry, and, I, and, I hate to do it to you, but we're running low on time. And, oh, and good. I just want to. That's, that's horrifying. Wanna, that keeps all the little guy out. I just want to switch gears here. I want to first off say that I love you. I I love having somebody that I can and talk and, and converse with on the show and not get upset and be happy and be happy to discuss and, and show mutual respect. So thank you. You're a beautiful soul. And in an effort to thank you for that, we're just going <laughs> to go ahead and ring in some holidays with you. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that. Minero Hanukia. But that is a menorah pipe right there. And it's filled with Delta ATC. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, it's, it's hemp flower. It's, it's hemp, hemp flower, flower. yes. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't touch it. And, I, I, I don't drive disabled, you know. And I think, uh, <laughs> I think Gary here should, uh, should do the first hit here. So the, just to clarify, though, this is Chillum's Scrutiny. <laughs> oh, you didn't. You, you, you left the. You're, 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 <laughs> Gary, you couldn't hear it, but Gary was saying that I picked the the guy with the least amount in lungs. I'm just, you know, this is your culture, <laughs> man. I'm trying to. 
I don't know. I think I'm being I'm being horrible here. I'm sorry, guys. Let's just let's just horrendous, horrendous. <laughs> you want to smoke here again? I, I don't know how you have never started. seen me smoke on, on air before, and you'll never see it again. Uh, I'm not even certain this will go well. Shit, that's a big fucking thing. <laughs> that's awesome. I can't believe that Hanukkah has come and gone already, like earliest ever. Well, we were supposed to do this uh, on the first. <laughs> First, uh, on the first day of Hanukkah, we were supposed to do this, and we just uh, we we canceled the show, <laughs> and then and then the Doctor Block episode ran a little too long, and I wasn't on screen to to make sure it happened. <laughs> I think Abby here wants to take a hit. You want to take a hit? <laughs> okay, <laughs> Abby, our employee here at Chillin, wants to wants to smoke this here. <laughs> and very well, I'm hitting this here. In the you really got to bring Patty into the screen there. We've been watching her walk back and forth like she's an like she's an indentured <laughs> servant, and we want to say hello. Hi. Like, can you bring her on camera for a little bit? Hi. How's it going, Gary? I'm like. <laughs> yeah, you can hardly. There we go. How are you? All right. Is this is this hydrangea day or what? What's going on back there? Nothing. I was just moving some plants. We have company today. Funny, so were we. Just it's all yeah. ground. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is a review <laughs> section of the show. Yes, easy to review the product <laughs> and review <laughs> reviewing the grabinara pipe. Coffee con leche? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it's not in the mic. It's good. It's real good. This is how you can tell it's working, by the way, I've been told. (laughs) Listen, I've got nothing to say except I've got the greatest partner. I've got the greatest partner in the biz. uh, That that is absolutely the truth. I just wish you guys could smoke this. And she's probably a much better reviewer than Carlos, too, I think. Carlos, have you been not smoking? Yeah, I haven't smoked a cigarette in like two months. Good job. Yeah, it's six months. It's six months for me. Nice. And although I we, put on about six, eight pounds, yeah, it's better than that. Uh, I, I, I think I lost weight. weight. Well, I'll just watch you. out for those uh, those energy drinks. They're supposed oh. to help you lose weight, like Celsius. They tend to get yeah. you on the jittery side, and you don't need to be jittery around Barry. <laughs> right. No doubt. Uh, so, um, yeah. I, I, so I guess there should be like a rating system for children. So, like, uh, okay. Uh, five out of five bongs. All right, wait, I can't say bong. Water pipes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to clear the deck there. So uh, that's the end of Chillin' Scrutiny. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, we had our green room. If I can give a little plug on Thursday mornings at 8.30, everybody, for continuous updates just like you guys do. And I love your guys' show, and you guys know I, 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 I do troll. Yeah, I try not to over-troll. <laughs> But um, and I want to give a shout out. Donate to Suncoast Normal, guys. Donate, donate to Florida for Care. Donate to Florida Can. Donate to those organizations. Regulate those that you believe in. It's the only way things go. And you guys do your time and you put your time out, and and it's appreciated by myself and others. So, so, so uh, Barry, how can people get a hold of you though? Thanks for the. Sure, absolutely. Listen, we're a compassionate yeah. cannabis clinic. Um, it's VeniceCare.com. We're in Venice, Florida. Those that are closer to Fort Myers, um, we have our office down there too with Dr. Heather Ald. So I'm easy to find. Thanks. I and don't forget to give us a link to the green room so we can watch that on, uh, on, on Thursday. Yeah, the green room is best found on our Compassionate Cannabis Clinic Facebook page. Um, that That's really easy to find. 
And I just want to remind you to join the cannabis movement by joining suncoastnormal.org. Yes. Slash membership. Join us. We're falling apart. <laughs> no, we're we're getting every, all the money. Every cough. All the money goes to legalization. It doesn't go to grab menorah pipes. That's funded by another organization. Right. What what <laughs> we uh you know, none of us take a salary or anything like that, you know. Um Everything goes back to legalization. Everything goes back to to we're the only organization really out there that's like writing bills and fucking talking to legislators. This guy's doing a lot of great work out there, and so is that guy out there, Kano. Um, By the way, Brandis has a bill that has uh, uh, expansion of the other records without having it in a regulate in a, rec- a recreational bill, which shouldn't even be called recreational bills, but adult use bills. And uh, so that, I think that's really the, the uh, path we should take this year. And don't forget to download the rotation on Pandora, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iTunes. Watch the rotation live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And you can check us out on our website, suncoastnormal.org. Is there anything else, guys? You guys got anything to say? One Can't more know? thing. Yeah. This week, we're going to have our, uh, our employee bill posted again by Polsky, and this time we'll have uh, Graco doing the House bill. But it's still, at this point in time, a government employee bill because that's how they want to get started because private businesses don't want to deal with it in what they call uh, just cause situations. So we're going to need some lawyers and we're going to need some doctors to tell the folks in Tallahassee that this bill needs to be expanded beyond employees of the government. And, and it can be done. And we are exactly one month out from our Tallahassee lobby days uh, with normal. So uh, we are going to be in Tallahassee the 12th and 13th. And, uh, you know, if you want to get involved, definitely visit our website. We'll have some more details up there in the coming days. And you can register to join us for our lobby days this year. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of of the change you can find the rotation podcast on both soundcloud and itunes but you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org at that very website you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of suncoast normal gain access to cannabis events cannabis info normal's legal network and even a free membership to national all by joining suncoast normal that website again is suncoast N-O-R-M-L dot org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.